Grasp the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein campus will be leading each week's study. I'm Marty Richardson. It's good to have you with us today. Today is our 114th episode, and we're continuing our summer series, which is kind of a reflection of our pastor sermon series, Psalmology. Mm-hmm. We started in Psalm 1, and we've been through several of them. This week, what psalm are we on? We're in Psalm 19 this week. Very good. So, Pastor Dale, it is good to see you. Thank you. Great to be here. And it, it seems as though things are going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, people still watching, still listening. That's a good thing. I guess so. It's a little scary. Mm-hmm. But uh, this week, as we continue in the psalmology, um, kind of an idea of just looking a little deeper into some of the ideas, uh, one of the things I wanted to stop and talk about, um, something came up in one of the, my discussions with the pastor. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about this, so if he looks surprised, that's, that's what's happening. I am surprised. Okay. Uh, what, one of the things was that we were talking about the difference between expositional preaching mm-hmm. and expositional preparation for preaching. Yes. And that uh, the pastor was talking about sometimes you go word by word and verse by verse mm-hmm. in your teaching time, but even when he is topical, he is preparing in an expositional way. Mm-hmm. So, do we want to talk about maybe that difference real quick? I think people will find that interesting. Sure. So, the classic definition of expository preaching is that you exposit, or basically you you unpack a particular passage of Scripture. So, it might be uh, something that's only one sentence long. It might be a paragraph. It might even be an entire chapter. And what you do is you walk through line by line, really going deep into what each one means and how each sentence in that passage ties together with one another. So, the whole unit hangs together as one big um, uh, message, right? So, that is expository preaching. Now, expository preparation means you do those same things, okay? You still go through and unpack everything, but in the delivery, it could be delivered in a very different way. It could be delivered uh, at a more high level, where you're simply just presenting, hey, here are the high-level nuggets of this, not getting down into the weeds. And so, that type of preparation, I think, is essential for the pastor, for himself, to better understand what does the pastor say, and then, as God gifts him, how now do I deliver that to the congregation? Because it is a hard line to walk, because Mm -hmm. you have eight-year-olds, and you have 88-year-olds. Right. And you have eight-year-olds that are saved and been saved for eight months, Mm -hmm. and then you have... 88-year-olds that have been saved for 80 years. Right. And so, trying to find that, that, that middle line is sometimes a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. So, as we, we, we come into this, he, he's kind of coming and giving us the idea behind Psalm 19. Mm-hmm. And so, what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of dive in or drill just a little bit deeper because we don't always have time. I mean, because let's be honest, I've, I hope he's not watching, but you know, my... My, my last pastor preached for like 47 minutes. Mm, mm-hmm. Pastor Mark pulls it in, what, 26? Mm-hmm. And we can only pay attention for so long. Right. So, that's kind of what we're doing here is going, hey, here's some interesting ideas. If you want to go deeper, mm-hmm. here's some of that deeper. Right. So, that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Let's go deeper. Okay. Psalm 19. What do you think we need to drill into this morning? Two big ideas. God speaks to us through the stars, and He speaks to us through the scriptures. 
So the stars in the scriptures, let's just put it out there very simply. Now, here's what I mean. God reveals himself to us in two different ways. One is called general revelation. God makes himself known to everyone through creation. We can look up at the sky and we can see the stars at night and all the constellations and how they go in such an orderly fashion. We look at nature and we see how everything is. We can see um, other people, we look when we examine science and we see how ordered things are and how intricate uh, living creatures are. All those things point us to some type of intelligent designer, some creator. And so God has always revealed himself to us in that way. And in particular, Paul mentions this very particularly, very clearly in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. He says, His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. In other words, People don't have an excuse for not knowing that there is a God because he has revealed himself to everyone in all generations. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons why he loved Abraham the way he did. Because mm-hmm. Abraham, his entire culture was, was something different. Mm-hmm. But Abraham like sought for that something more. Like He knew there was something more out there. Right. And, 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 it, and, and that faith in something more before he even had a, a personal revelation. Mm-hmm. I think that may be one of the reasons why God loved him so much. Yeah, because again, we have to remember back at Abraham, he was, you know, from Ur in the Chaldees, very, very pagan. They worshiped all kinds of gods there. And the one true God calls out to him and he responds in faith and picks up his entire family and moves, which was unheard of at that time. We don't think anything about moving across the country here. But back in those days, even at the time of Jesus, most people never traveled beyond five, maybe 10 miles away from where they were born. And here's a man who left his entire country for this, at the voice of this God he had never known before and followed him. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. So we have this general idea of revelation and and, and it kind of mirrors God's grace too. Mm -hmm. You know, the God kind of has a general grace and he has a very specific grace Mm -hmm. as well. So, what is the second category? Well, the second category is special revelation. And what that means is that God speaks to us directly in the Bible. So, we see this, the psalmist lays this out in verses 7 through 9 of Psalm 19. And so, for those who choose to seek after God, He has made Himself known to us through His Word. And it is then up to us to pursue that. And so, here's the way I see it is that in all things in our faith journey, we have an active role. We are not ever called to be passive. God draws us to him through general revelation. And then once we're drawn there, then he says, if you want to really find out about me, if you want to know who the God is of the universe, here's everything I want you to know about me. And so we have to read and study his word. And so kind of a, a, a parallel to this is that when Jesus did a lot of his teaching he did so in parables. And he said specifically in Mark, why? Right? Those people who want to really understand what he was saying, they would ask questions. They would seek out. They would yearn for more information to really get to it. And those who really didn't care, they just didn't ask. They said, we don't understand you. You're speaking in riddles. This makes no sense. Well, they didn't want to make an effort to know. So, God reveals himself to us in Scripture and says, if you want to know, you need to take the initiative now and read this to find out more about me. Now I'm about to step in it, because mm-hmm. you know I like to do that. Mm-hmm. 
We've talked about the two basic um, ideas of revelation that we see as the church. Mm-hmm. We are on staff at a church, and we, on a regular basis, will have someone say to us, well, God, I feel God telling me this, mm-hmm. but it is in direct competition or against maybe what scripture says. Mm-hmm. Pastor tells the story. You've heard this one before. Man comes in, says, God's telling me to divorce my wife. Right. And the pastor is like, is she cheating on you? No. Is she abusive? No. And then God's not telling you mm-hmm. to divorce your wife. Like right. something else is telling you that. Mm-hmm. There was a time when God spoke through his messengers, angels. He spoke directly, like we talked about Abraham. Mm -hmm. But they had to go on a larger measure of faith than we do because we have God's word. Mm -hmm. So do you want to get into the idea, maybe just a little bit, of of finding out where, how to filter that revelation when Mm -hmm. when it's me? Yeah. When it's God, when it's the world? Right. That's hard. So, yeah, over the years, I've heard a number of times, God told me this. Okay. And I don't want to say that God cannot reveal something to someone if he wants to, right? He, he does. But I always say, okay, then let's filter that through Scripture, because we know that God will never contradict himself. So, the question, first of all, is, is what you say God revealed to you, does that line up with Scripture? And so, the best way then is to go back and and look in Scripture and see, okay, if he's telling you to make this choice, what does Scripture say about that particular thing, right? And so, we need to find biblical principles. Um, We need to search the Old and New Testaments to see what God has to say on those. And the other thing as well is that to ask other Christians who have good biblical discernment, to help uh, and ask and pray also, is this truly what God wants in our lives? So, we can discern best God's will when, number one, we read his word. Number two, we spend time in prayer with God, seeking that. And number three, we also ask other believers to pray for us as well and ask wise Christians um, what they think about the situation as well. So, all those things can help us really discern, is it what I want or is it what God wants? Okay, so I think that's a great plan. You know, now as we filter these things through the scripture, we also have to um, interpret the scripture mm-hmm. properly. Yes. Uh, we, we've spent lots of time on that. Mm-hmm. I think we spent all last summer pretty much mm-hmm. on that, right? Right. So let's hit the highlights on that. First, I think we have to be careful um, to not isolate the scripture. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, 11 is the one that we all pull up. Mm-hmm. I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for evil. Um, yes, mm-hmm. that is true. But the context of that passage is much deeper and heavier. Mm-hmm. Yes, God has a plan. It might be 75 years before he mm-hmm. <laughs> restores you, which is like what Jeremiah 20 and 11 2911 is talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, sometimes I think a lot of people have gotten in trouble extracting bits of scripture and putting them together. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about the idea if you come up with a new interpretation of scripture? Mm-hmm. What do we generally say about that? Yeah, it's probably wrong. 
right? Because for 2,000 years, people, brilliant people have studied the scriptures and you can find numerous books on theology, specifically systematic theology and biblical theology. So, those are two different approaches to the study of God and People spend a lot of time compiling books that are thousands of pages long where they examine the scripture to try to come up with biblical principles. And to your point, what they do is, um, so let's say we want to look at this um, concept of a blood sacrifice. Fine. What does the Bible say about a blood sacrifice? And then we can find all throughout the Old Testament, these blood sacrifices. And then we see Christ in the New Testament. And then we see the writer of Hebrews talking about how the blood of bulls and goats, you know, were never enough to to pay for sin. And so, basically, the writer of Hebrews is looking back, saying all those things in the Old Testament were foreshadowing of Jesus. And so, as we look at that, all these things, they that these writers put everything together to get us to see the big picture and how each one ties in. So, if we're going to point to one particular verse of Scripture, we need to see what is the context of that particular verse, and we need to see how does that one line up with others as well that speak on the same subject. Yes. Great, great word on that. Now, the other thing that I think we can slip into with Revelation, God's Revelation, is I think sometimes we can become so beholden to a certain teacher Mm -hmm. and that certain teacher's interpretation. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, and, and, and take this, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but we should not follow men mm-hmm. uh, went to to the ends of the earth when it comes to th- theology like a single person right even pastor mark would, would would tell us i mean i agree with him i work here mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't be here if i didn't agree with him mm-hmm. right um i listen to him every week i listen to a sermon a lot i read a sermon a lot because mm-hmm. i'm building worship services but that's not what i'm talking about you know loving your pastor following him trusting him mm-hmm. I'm talking about some of those those things, this big wide world on the internet, YouTube, um, TV. Some of some people get so focused in on these celebrity pastors or writers or theologians mm-hmm. at their own peril, maybe. Right. So, do you want to talk a little bit about um, the process of actively filtering mm-hmm. what you hear mm-hmm. um, to determine its its place in the system of revelation. Yeah. So, and this is where the hard work comes in, but the rewards are huge from this. And that is we hear someone, let's say it's a pastor who says something. And we, as as students of scripture, we have our own understanding of a particular passage. And so the question is, does that line up with my understanding of it or not? And it might, and we might think, yeah, this guy knows his stuff. Well, it could be that you're both wrong, right? It could be that you've simply found someone who believes in this same thing that you do, that you're holding on to a a misinformed idea. Or it could be that that person does agree with you and you both have a proper understanding of Scripture, and that's great. And uh, I tell you, there is a great series of books called Counterpoints. And what um, the editors of these books will do is they will take four or five theologians, experts from different Christian denominations, and then they will pick a particular subject. So, the book might be about the Lord's Supper, okay? And they might have 
four different writers, each from a different Christian denomination, and they're giving their denomination's understanding of the Lord's Supper. And as we read through those, I think it's good, I think it's also very good for us to read material that we don't necessarily agree with, because it also gets us to think about our beliefs, it makes us really question, why do I believe what I believe? And it deepens our convictions as well. And it's good to gain other perspectives too. Now, you mentioned those things, and here's what I want to talk about. If we can, there's a huge difference between primary issues, secondary issues, and tertiary issues. Primary issues. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, you must, you must believe in the Trinity. You must believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So you, there are certain things that are non-negotiable. You have to believe, and we all have to agree if you can call yourself Christian. This is the only one and right way to think. Then there are secondary issues, okay? Things like the mode of baptism, okay? Well, some people believe that there there's porn, some it's sprinkling. Us as Baptists, we believe that the scriptural view, and I believe it's correct, is by immersion. Okay, but is it something to burn down relationships over? No, no, it's not. Then there are tertiary issues. How often do we observe Lord's Supper? Well, some people say every week. We at Spring Baptists do it once a quarter. Is someone wrong? No, it's just simply how the churches do that. And so we need to have unity in essentials, right? On the necessary things, we have to have unity, but we have to have charity in those things that, that aren't really primary issues. I have a lot to say here, but I agree with you 100%. I think also we have to be nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I think all of us see ourselves as Jesus overturning the tables in uh, the temple. Mm-hmm. I was reading about that on Saturday night. We all see ourselves as Jesus mm-hmm. walking in there and cleansing the temple. When I think we're, if we're not careful, most of us are more like the the dude peddling the pigeons yeah. than we are Jesus flipping over the, the mm-hmm. you know? So I love that. I love that. So let's jump back on the trail. I do think we needed to talk about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's restate the two types of revelation as Psalm 19 is putting them out there. Mm-hmm. And then let's, let's hit on some application. How can we take this home sure. today? Sure. So again, there is general revelation. God reveals himself to every person throughout all time through nature, and then there is special revelation where God reveals himself through the scriptures. And so people can find out about him by reading the scriptures. So um, let's talk about application of general revelation, right? When we speak with, with some folks who maybe have a different worldview than us, one of the great apologetics or, or ways of getting them to think about creation is to ask them, how did everything get here? Look around. Do you agree there is order? How do you think that got here? And begin a conversation that way uh, with folks. Uh, get them to think about that there could well be an intelligent designer who created all of this. And then for special revelation, um, then the, the main thing there is God wants us to know about him. And so if we call ourselves Christians, if we're going to be his followers, then we're in a relationship with him. And I've mentioned this before, right? When we try to communicate with someone we're in a relationship with, we want them to listen to what we're saying or read if we send them something. We want them to read that. 
we're in a relationship with God, and so He has given us information about Him. He wants us to know. And so, as we read His Word, we find out more about Him, and our relationship with Him deepens. Great word, a great word on that. And I think, as, as kind of we're wrapping up, I love the book, was, um, was it Case for Christ? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it kind of reminds me of that, you know, because what does he do? He starts this conversation, but he does two things that are very, very powerful. One, he gives it time. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we press people so hard. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we have to put it out there and let God work in there because we believe the Holy Spirit, talked about the Trinity earlier, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict and move men's hearts right. towards repentance. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it takes a little while. Mm-hmm. I mean, even look at David, who was a man after God's own heart. God, you, you can't tell me that God didn't try to get him to repent before Nathan showed up. Right. Like there wasn't a thousand other things. He just happened that the, the God's word puts Nathan in there saying, okay, finally, I got to bring a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. But you know that God was making him miserable, that he didn't feel his connection, all of those things that happened when we we're in sin. Mm-hmm. But the same things we have to know that there's a process for people coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I love that in the case for Christ, that, that he kind of puts it out there. And the other thing he does is he encourages people just to read God's word. Yes. Um, and I think that God's word is very powerful. Mm-hmm. I think you and I agree on that. And when God's word aligns with the work of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's unstoppable. Yes. But what's amazing in, in kind of a sad way, is that God allows our hearts to turn that off. Mm -hmm. God doesn't force us into it. Right. And so we have to also know that those who are not believers are going to take some time. Mm -hmm. So I love that idea. Um, Case for Christ is always a good book to read. Oh, yes. Um, Especially if you've got loved ones that that, that struggle with uh, coming to Christ. Mm -hmm. So anything else? Uh, We kind of just been, we've been everywhere today. We have. It's been good. It's kind of a holiday weekend. I, I, I hope we didn't babble too much. I hope people are still paying attention. Uh, do, you, do you have anything in, in wrapping up for today that you just want to share with uh, our viewers, our listeners? Yeah, let me encourage you that if you are not spending regular time in God's Word, begin to, to read that. Make a plan. There, there are a lot of Bible reading plans online. If you go to the Version app, if you use that, there are a lot of plans there. Just begin to read and think about God's Word as you read that, as you read it, and, and pray through it as you read, and ask God to reveal Himself to you. And He is simply waiting there to show you more of who He is as you read and you pray through that, and the Holy Spirit uh, uh, really illumines the Bible, opens it up to you, and explains it to you as you read through it, uh, you'll find that your relationship with Him deepens very quickly. And I think some people fall away, mm-hmm. and they may have been at that point. It is never too late to jump back into it. Absolutely. So maybe you're like beating yourself up because you're like, yeah, I know I need to be doing that, and I haven't been. Start today. Yep. And I guarantee you this, God has not moved. Right. When you come back to that place, he is still there. Yes. Because he is gracious. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, as always, uh, you can like and share this on your platform, what, however you're watching or listening. The, the uh, pastor sermon on Psalm 19 is right there, or maybe there. Yeah. It's underneath us in, 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 in the description, in the comments. Take a chance and, and uh, l- listen through that. Um, I encourage you to, to sit down and read Psalm 19. Mm-hmm. 
and just let the majesty and glory of God just wash over your soul. Because this world is dark and broken, and He is the answer. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us. Join us next week as we continue to grasp the Bible. 